thanks. Is that all right? Simple song says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good.
Bless those that are in the highways and the byways, Lord, and be with those that are bereaved this day and keep them in your care. And Lord, comfort them in their time of bereavement. Bless our pastors, Lord, that they may bring the word of life that we may go, take, go out and, and dwell on that from day to day. Lord, right now we just thank you for being you again. These are the blessings we ask in your son Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Anybody love him this morning? The song says, We magnify. You're worthy. Love for me will never change. You're worthy. You wash my sins away. You keep me every day. declaration. Say it again. We magnify your name.
He's awesome in his presence, for he's everywhere. He's with us right now. He is God with us. In the midst of so much turmoil in our country, the loss of lives in California on college night, God is still awesome. And we trust him. Oh, heaven and precious Father God, we come right now to the Lord. We come, oh dear Lord, realizing, oh God, that you're worthy. You're worthy to be praised. There is none like you, oh heaven and Father God. It is you that hold the world in the palm of your hand. It is you who watches over us night after night while we slumber and sleep. We come this morning, oh heaven and Father God, thanking you, Lord, for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, we ask your blessing upon bereaved families, oh heaven and Father God, those who are members of this congregation and those everywhere, those feminine members who bereaved in California, Heavenly Father God. We ask the Lord that you give them strength, oh Heavenly Father, in this hour of loss. Oh Heavenly Precious Father God, we ask the Lord that you look upon each one of us today, oh Heavenly Father God, and see our needs. Certainly, oh, Heavenly Father, God, we need you this morning and can't get along without you. Oh, Heavenly Precious Father, God, we pray, oh Lord, that you speak in this service, oh Heavenly Father, God. We pray, oh Lord, that you speak through song. Speak through the spoken word, oh Heavenly Father, God. Lord, we pray you're blessed upon our preacher for today, oh Heavenly Father, God. Touch him, O oh Lord. Give him wisdom and strength, O oh Lord. To say what you would have him to say. Be with us, O oh Heavenly Father God. In your Son, Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Come on, let's love on them this morning. Just tell him. should be the least thing that we carry. So if you love him, we need to do what? Show it in all that we do. Amen? Won't you please stand now for the response to reading, followed by the hymn for the morning.
we will all read together. He shall appear. We shall be like him. Or we shall see him as he is. Isn't that powerful? We better see him. Let's try it again. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Or we shall see him And the congregation for the morning simply says something that I think would back that up. I don't know about you, but oh, I want to see him. Let's sing together.
all ought to be able to say that because we shall see him if we live. So we need to just thank God for all that he does for us. And that is more than we can even think about. We're going to just pause right now for a few announcements. And we ask you to please just remember those so that you can help those who may be in need. We ask that you continue to pray for those who lost loved ones on Friday. Of course, Mrs. Warren was laid to rest here in this sanctuary. And we ask you to continue to pray for that family. On Saturday, Sister Sister. Gray was laid to rest. Those service was warm and loving, and we ask that you please don't forget that family as well. And then there are our sick and shut-in members, and I don't, definitely don't have an, uh, a list, but I want you to just think about Mrs. Graham. Understand that she's getting well, better, but ask for the prayers of the church. Also, we ask you to continue to pray for Brother Gross. I don't see him back there this morning. Is he back there this morning? ask you to please continue to pray for him. Pray for all of our sick and shut-in members. Amen? We're going to ask that you just don't forget those. And if you do, then you're doing something that's not traditional in this church. We also ask that you please, the K chapels stand by, and, and with the third arm, they stood by me, and they will stand by you and wish you well. Believe this, I know, and this is from the Charles Urban family. Just simply saying that if you have a situation, you can count and depend on K Chapel, amen, and you can depend on the good Lord even more. So we ask you to don't forget those who've gone through difficult times and just know that sooner or later your time is coming, amen. We're going to get some additional announcement now from the media. Media. Good morning, K Chapel. If you didn't get a chance to donate to the Billy Brumfield Blanket Drive, not to worry because the deadline has been extended. Class 10A is collecting new and gently used twin or full-size blankets for donation to the Billy Brumfield Shelter for Men. You may submit your blankets by placing them in the marked box in the Fellowship Hall anytime before Wednesday, December the 5th. A heaven-blessed partnership, the Laban Ministry and Class 10A have been working together to build a better life for the men at the Billy Brumfield Shelter. Floors have been cleaned, painting has occurred inside and outside, bathrooms have been refurbished, and through collaboration with Deacon Crump, the once bed bug infested mattresses have been replaced and covered. The leaky roof has been repaired, and every single time that Class 10A or the layman visit, the word of God is shared. Thank you, Class 10A, and most importantly, thank you, layman. On Sunday, November the 18th, Class 10A will honor the layman with their scrumptious annual thank breakfast. We look forward to the men of the layman coming out to receive Class 10A's thank you. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. I want to make sure that I mention the young lady that was funeralized here on yesterday, um, Alcorn State um, young lady. Uh, so we ask that you pray for that family as well. Let's just pray one for another, amen? We are looking good now and doing good, but something may come up that we're going to need somebody's prayers, amen? God bless you. This time now, we're going to pause just for a moment and recognize our visitors. If you are here for the first time or the 20th time, 
but yet not a member of this congregation. We're going to ask you, if you would, please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. All visitors, stand. Let us Amen. recognize you. Amen. God bless you. Come on, K. Chapel. Give them a big. Amen. Visitors, remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, our pastor, Master Reverend Horace Buck, the entire K. Chapel family is just so happy that you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come in the time and schedule a lot. But if by chance you're looking for a church home, before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you that you just found a home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you can only get here at K. Chapel Mission Baptist Church.
give over to the pulpit, I think that's something very important that's going to transpire at this time. Thank you, Brother Thick Pen. As most of you know that November 11th is always Veterans Day. And on this Veterans Day, which is a United States federal holiday, it's time for us to honor and thank those who are serving or who have served in the military and are still with us. This is unlike Memorial Day where we give homage to those who died in military combat or those who have passed on. So on this Veterans Day, I want you to think about a way that you can show a veteran extra appreciation. Now that's kind of that role as uh, Christian Responsibility Chair here is that every time we can, we as Christians should be going a little farther in our service. You may want to attend a veteran event that is being held somewhere in our community. Or you may just want to ask a veteran about when they served and where and what did they do and then truly listen to them. Or you may want to visit a veteran hospital or a veteran home. Display the United States flag and stand in salute of our veterans. Today, here at Cade Chapel, we are going to ask all our veterans to stand, and we want you to give them a wonderful round of applause and a Holy Ghost hug if you're close to them. Would all our veterans please stand? Amen. Amen. Oh, we can do better than that, Cade Chapel. We salute you and your service. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. We can't thank you enough, vets. We know that you've been through it, and we thank God that you're back home safe and sound, but thank you for the service that you provided many, many years ago. Amen? Amen. This time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. We just want to remind you that during early morning service, we only do one offering. And as we have the spoken word from the pulpit, the choir will give us a song, and the ushers will give us an opportunity to give as we have been so blessed. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Usher's choir.
I gotta clean up what I messed up. I've started my life over again. I gotta clean up what I messed up and started my life over again. Clean up what I messed up. I've started my life over again. I gotta clean up what I messed up and started my life. Made up my mind, I ain't lying no more. Cause a lie and a cheater can't make it through the door. No, gotta clean up, yeah. But I'm messed up. I've started my life over again. Yeah, I gotta clean up, yeah. But I'm messed up. I've started my life over again. I made up in my mind, I ain't running no more. I say I'm going back to church, I'm gonna walk right through the door. I gotta clean up, yeah, but I'm messed up. I've started my life over again. Yeah, I gotta clean up, but I'm messed up. I've started my life over again. I made up in my mind, I ain't cheating no more. Cause you know that a cheater can't make it through the door. Yeah, but I messed up. Yeah, start it all over again. I gotta clean up, but I messed up.
Father, which art in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you, dear Lord, for allowing us another chance to clean up what we've messed up. But we know that you can do it. But we know that when man was nothing but dust, that you took him and molded him and shaped him and breathed into his nostrils, and then he became a living soul. But not only that, Lord, you didn't stop there. You laid him down and put him to sleep. And then took one rib from him, and you made woman. And Lord, we remember that there was a time when the wine ran out of the wedding. You took the water, and you made wine. And Lord, we know that since you are able to do all of that, Father, we ask now that you, that you bless the gifts that have been given back to you, that you take them, dear Lord, and that you multiply them over and over. Now, these precious prayers, we do pray in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Now let us all say amen. And amen. This time now we're going to ask this choir in front of you to let's do one more number in preparation for the message that's forthcoming. But we ask you to pray for the group and just ask the Lord to help you. I know there's going to be some words that we all can agree on. And I think there are some individuals that may want to come in. We're going to pause for them just a second. And there they are. This time now, we're going to receive the special music from the mail course. Oh, the old rugged cross. 
but I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday. survey the wondrous cross upon which the Prince of Glory died. It ought to cause us to give God praise for his unmerited favor. Because he shed his blood on Calvary's hill, we now have access to the throne of grace. Anybody thankful today for the cross? But more importantly, for the one who died on the cross, Mary's baby, Joseph's stepson, that bright and morning star, a wheel in the middle of a wheel, our hope for tomorrow, our help for today, some call him bright and morning star, some call him the ancient of days, but I just got to call him Jesus, anybody know that name? There's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. There's power in that name. Somebody just shout Jesus. Jesus. Oh, bless his name today. And it is in the name of the one who died, who will never die again. The great head of the church who has knitted us together as a church and as a family. We do praise God for his unmerited favor toward us. Now, of course, I'm a little shorter than Pastor Buckley. And I'm not sure if you received word that he would not be here, but prayerfully, I'm a good substitute. And um, amen. And so to my big brother and to my sister Lucretia and to the emeritized pastor and first lady, to all of these preachers and to this choir full of veterans who blessed our hearts happy this morning. And to all of you, I see Reverend Dr. Wheeler, who is an associate minister at our church, and so glad to be back with Kate Chapel, which is in many ways my church family too. Now, I want to do two things before we get into the word. First of all, many of you probably did not want to see me, but Duke and Josie. And uh, they had a late night last night ringing the bell for Salvation Army, and they would not have been too good to get up at 6. And so my wife and Duke and Josie send their best. And uh, we do also extend greetings to you on behalf of the saints at Mount Helm Baptist Church. We thank God uh, for the relationship we've shared throughout the years and uh, so thankful for the opportunity to stand here this morning. Uh, there is a word from the Lord, and I want to invite you to turn your collective attention to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. As you're standing, I want to, on behalf of all Corinth State University, con to continue to extend our condolences to the Gray family. We had a wonderful home going yesterday for her and 
Please note that we are still praying for them and for you. Revelation chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 and concluding at the sixth verse. And I'm coming this morning from the New International Version. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their robes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one is, who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach this morning with your prayers and God's presence a wake-up call for a dying church. Our Lord and our God, how thankful we are to you for this preaching moment. Now by your spirit, speak through me, and by your spirit, give ears to the hearers, so that we may not only be hearers of your word, but doers also. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, Eddie Glaude, a Princeton professor and native of Moss Point, Mississippi, published an article in the Huffington Post titled, Is the Black Church Dead? His inquiry, his interrogation, raised ire throughout the black church community. His thesis was that the black church as we knew it is dead. Now, of course, many of us who attend a church every Sunday or every now and again know that the black church and the church of Jesus Christ more broadly is not dead. And yet we do know that there are churches that are dying. If we're honest with ourselves, we have experienced throughout the years churches that we have loved, churches that we have adored, churches in which we were baptized, and churches where we went to vacation Bible school that are no longer relevant or real. I know you don't have this issue here at K Chapel, but if you look throughout the city of Jackson, the state of Mississippi, there are many dying churches. And yet... The text before us this morning tells us that a dying church needn't be a dead church because before it dies, it has the opportunity to live again. 
this in some sense is a part of the broader scope of the book of Revelation because though many of us are frightened by the images of beasts and are often afraid of the sights and sounds of the book of Revelation, Revelation, my friends, is not a book of horror. Rather, it is a book of hope. It is a book that tells us that in the end, we win. Y'all help me here. It's a book that tells us that there is a risen Savior who yet lives. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. If you're on the Lord's side, you don't have anything to be afraid of. The beast will come and, and there'll be tribulation and trial. But how many know that the book concludes with a new heaven and a new earth? And I don't know about you, but I plan to be over yonder. Where every day is howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. But herein lies chapter 3. One of the seven churches to which John is to communicate a message of hope if they would have ears to hear. Jesus says to this particular church, I've seen your works. I, I know your reputation, but because I know all and see all, I recognize that your reputation does not match your reality. Can I help some of us here? There are a lot of us who are good at reputation. There are many of us who are good at providing our representative. You know, when you go on your first date, you provide your representative on the date. It's only until date 25 that they start to see how crazy you really are. Y'all not praying with me. Yeah, yeah. You, you give your best on your resume, your curriculum vitae. It's not until you get hired, y'all ain't saying nothing. But they recognize you show up late every day. Preach with me in here. They had a reputation for being a lively church, but God in Christ says, I see your works, I see your reputation. The reality is you are dying. And let me say that what makes the Sardis church a dying church is not what we may assume. Reverend Harrington, they are not a dying church. Because they have contaminated doctrine. We know the churches that, that teach false doctrine. We, we know how to preach against the churches that tell you if you sow 1775, you're going to get a house and a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. We, we know about the churches that lie on God and, and pull at people's emotional strings. We know of the folks teaching strange doctrine about who Jesus is and what he's done. We know of churches that are out there polluting the word of God. But Sardis is not such a church. Neither is it a church that has corrupted behavior. We, we know churches that, that have separated and segregated justification and sanctification. Yeah, in other words, there's some of us who are just glad to be saved, but don't want to live saved. Can I pause here and just share something real quick? You know, before there was the Church of Christ Holiness or the Church of God in Christ, 
Baptists were the first holiness folks. Y'all don't believe me, do you? The, the reason why we had a fight over baptism, the belief in the baptism of believers only, is because we were once members of churches where everybody by right of their birth was a member of the church, but didn't live like they had been saved. And Baptist folks said, that's a problem. Luther and Calvin said, let the sheep and the goats be on the church roll together. Baptist said, get the goats out and keep the sheep. The problem, brothers and sisters, is that Baptists along the years started losing some sheep and started putting goats in the pulpit. Goats on the church roll. Goats, yeah, y'all ain't praying with me, on committees. And that's why we got so much hell in so many Baptist churches because you got goats acting like they're sheep when they're not. But that's not the issue at Sardis. They don't have a behavior problem. They're not doing the top three or five sins that we often name and mention. No, my brothers and sisters, they are not guilty of contaminated doctrine or corrupt behavior. Let me tell you what their issue is. They have, listen, complacent religion. They teach right. They preach right. They live right but they don't do right. They have made the great commission the great omission. They are satisfied with showing up to church, having a good shouting time while all the world around them is going to hell. I know this is not Cade Chapel, but, but there are a number of churches in our city, in our state, in our nation that are not doing what they're called to do. Let me tell you this. If, if, if we have so many churches in Jackson Metro, there are about 800 churches in Jackson alone. Tell me why we have a shooting almost every day of the week. Tell me why we got so many divorces. Y'all ain't got to pray with me. I will preach by myself. Tell me why so much hell is being raised in our schools if we got so many saints in Jackson. Maybe the issue is we're satisfied with having good church. Satisfied with good songs and good preaching, but, but when it comes to serving, when it comes to evangelizing, maybe the church at Sardis was dying. Russell Moore of the Southern Baptist Convention shared a story about how he was a friend of an atheist. And every time they would connect, he would try to get the atheist saved. To no avail... The atheists continued to disbelieve in God. But uh, one day, some years later, Russell ran into his atheist friend, and his atheist friend said, Russell, can you recommend for me a Southern Baptist church that is not too Southern Baptist? Dr. Moore was thankful he said praise God you finally gotten saved you finally got filled with the Holy Spirit you want to join the church because you now love the Lord and the atheist says no I want to run for political office and the only way I could run for office and win is if I'm a member of a church 
Don't, don't look at anybody on your pew, but some of us in here just because it's the right thing to do. It's the thing to put on your uh, resume. But, but how many know that being on the church roll doesn't mean that your name is in the Lamb's book of life? Christ's verdict is devastatingly dire and direct. In name, the church at Sardis is alive, yet in fact she is dead. That church had become a thermometer that registered the temperature of the city instead of a thermostat that changed the temperature of the city. And Jesus says, I know your reputation, but your reality is you're resting on earthly prestige, and now i got to come and clean house. That's the introduction of the real problem. But, but saints, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't leave you with the invitation to revival possibilities. Yeah, they're, they're real problems, y'all. But because Jesus is a grace-giving God, there is always the possibility of getting off the sickbed. Let me give you four things that we see here in the text. First of all, he says, if you would turn away and become a lively church, first of all, you've got to remember your previous passion for the gospel. He says to them, you have not forgotten what you believe. You've forgotten how you believed it. Do any of you remember when you first got saved? How many of y'all remember the morning's bench? That's why some of y'all are sitting in the first pew now, because y'all remember the morning's bench. And you remember when you got good religion. You, you remember how you felt when the Lord saved you. You remember how on fire you were for the Lord. You were willing to tell every man, woman, boy, and girl that there's a Savior and his name is Jesus. But over the years, sometimes that fire turns into an ember. Sometimes we just go through the motions. But Jesus says, you need to remember how passionate you were about the gospel you need to watch this think back to when you first met the Lord and I promise you when you have a think you will have a thank when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done some of y'all ain't thinking yet I said when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you something ought to make you say hallelujah Something ought to make you shout, thank you, Jesus. There ought to be something on the inside, working on the outside, because he's been good to you. If you don't think he's been good to you, let me give you seven reasons why you ought to give God praise. Reason number one, he woke you up this morning. Reason number two, he woke you up this morning. Reason number three, he woke you up this morning. Reason number four, he woke you up this morning. Reason number five, he woke you up this morning. Reason number six, he woke you up this morning. Reason number seven, he woke you up this morning. If you're not dead and you've got breath in your body, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Oh, bless his name. Yeah, stay right there. Come on. Secondly, secondly, y'all, not only are we called to remember our previous passion for God in the gospel. But here's the one that gets us. We got to secondly repent for privileging past glory. 
See, the church at Sardis had a name because of what it was. And sometimes our churches get stuck and we get stuck because we remember what God did. There's a church in the Delta that talks all the time about the fact that Dr. King visited them in 1963, and that's wonderful. We praise God for that. I'm not good at math, though. It's been a long time since 1963. Watch this. There's more that God has done for us since the 1960s. And sometimes we get stuck on what God did and forget about what God is doing. That's why Paul says in Philippians 3, forgetting those things which are behind me. Notice those things weren't bad things. Those are all the good things he'd accomplished. He said, forgetting the good things that I did, I press my way toward the mark of the prize of the higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's more that God wants to do in you, through you, for you. Watch this, y'all. Don't just give God praise for what he has done for Cade Chapel. Give God praise for what he is doing and shall continue to do for Cade Chapel. Is there anybody in here that has a futuristic praise? You're not praising him just for what he's done. You're praising him for what he can do. For the God we serve is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Thirdly, thirdly, before I take my seat, thirdly, and only we call to remember our previous passion for the gospel and repent for privileging past glory. Thirdly, we've got to rally, watch this, the praying and praising guardians. Something I've learned is that not everybody is going to get on board. And one of the things we tend to do in church, in our own lives, on our careers, is that we're trying to get everybody to buy in. But I remember reading in Matthew 28, that before Jesus offers what we now call the Great Commission, he goes up to the Mount of Olives. All his disciples gather at his feet. And the text says, all worshiped, but some doubted. I know I'm going to be in trouble when I say this, but the reality is all of us are in here worshiping. But there's some of us in here who are doubting while we worship. And if you spend all of your time trying to get everybody to get on board, you will never launch out into the deep. But Jesus says, you're a dying church, Sardis, but you've got a few among you. And he says, I'm keeping you, Sardis, because they're still praying for you. The reality is it's always been a sanctified minority that's always helped us to move forward. Uh, uh, Amos Brown, great preacher, pastor, helped me with this because he said, a lot of us claim that we were marching with King in the 60s. Now everybody was marching. My twins were marching with King. I mean, everybody marching with King. But he said only 3% of African-American churches were actively engaged in the civil rights movement. Why do I say that? I say that because if God could do all of that with 
We don't need all 800 churches in Jackson to get on board. We just need about 10 of them. Is anybody in here? You don't need all 1,000 members of Cade. You just need about 20 good ones who will understand there's more that God wants to do. If you keep on praying and keep on praising, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. But lastly, not only are we called to remember our previous passion for the gospel and repent for privileging past glory and rally the praying saints, but lastly, we are called to recognize God's perfect power. I close with how the text begins. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. That, that language, seven, somebody shout seven. seven. Seven is the number of wholeness the number of completion, the number of perfection. In other words, Jesus says, I've got all power. I've got all strength. Many times in our lives and in our churches, we begin to rely on our own strength, our own power. But we have to turn to the one who says he has all power. And I, I want to submit to you that the one who has all power has all power to change dead situations. He has the power to do all things but fail. Brothers and sisters, whenever you find yourself in a dying situation, whenever you find yourself in a despondent, discouraging, disappointing situation, you ought not think about what you don't have. You ought to think about who has it all. You ought to think about the one who spoke and the worlds were framed. Think about the one who brought Israel out of Egypt and let them cross over a land bridge. You ought to think about the one who led them in the wilderness by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You ought to think about the one who fed them manna in the morning and quail in the afternoon. You ought to think about the one who came down through 40 and two generations, was marched up Calvary's hill, who died on the cross, but on the third day rose again with all power in his hand. Whenever you feel like you don't have enough power, put your hand in his hand because he has all power. Not just black power, not just white power, not just economic power, all power. When your faith is weak and weary, when you feel despondent and torn, you ought not rest on what you used to be. You ought to lean into who he is and trust in his power because he has the power to save, the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to set free. If you've got a sick loved one, if you've got an unsaved loved one, trust in his power because he can do it. Can he do it? He can do it because you've got a testimony that when you were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. The master of the sea heard your despairing cry and from the waters he lifted you now safe. Am I 
His love has power. His peace has power. His joy has power. Anybody know about the power of God? When you thought you couldn't find your way, His power showed up. When you thought you were going to lose your mind, His power showed up. When you thought you were going to lose everything, His power showed up. Is there anybody in here that has ever trusted in His power? Trusted in his love, trusted in his grace, and when you were about to lose it all, he saved you, he picked you up, he turned you around, placed your feet on solid ground. There's good news for dying situations, there's good news for dying disappointments. He is the one who died but didn't stay dead, he rose with victory he rose with power and because he lives Thank you, Reverend Rhodes. God bless you. God bless you. Now we're going to open the doors of the church because there's somebody out there that I believe got their wake-up call this morning. If you're not a member of this church or any church for that matter, We want to give you that opportunity to unite with us. You may come by letter, Christian experience, or as a candidate for baptism. And if you're visiting this city from out of town, we will take you under watch care. We don't plan to leave anybody out. But I want each of you right now to search your heart. To search your heart. Won't you come?
I'll say amen. Let us say amen again. We thank God for the message and we thank God for the messenger. God is still good. Sister Gray would like to make a statement. Good morning, church family. November the 11th will always be a significant day in my life. Seven years ago, started out as a regular day. I left Jackson going to Newton to take my mother to the doctor. Had a little complication with fluid hazard, but I got to Newton, went to the doctor. It was just a regular checkup for a wound on her leg. And we went on to Meridian. She checked out, and while I was in the room, like, well, this is a strange event because she's doing a whole lot of talking to the doctor. And normally she's like, okay, doctor, how everything looks? Okay, I'll see you back the next time. But she was just explaining so much. And as we got ready to check out, he said, get your appointment for next month, and I'll see you back, everything looking well. By the time she turned, he said, oh, Miss Montgomery, let me take an X-ray of that leg to see how everything is doing and just wait for the result. It won't be long. I'm like, a doctor don't ask you to wait for a result. They just call and tell you how the x-ray look. But we, they took her, brought her back. When they brought her back uh, in the wheelchair, they said, ma'am, don't worry about trying to get a seat. Just stay in the chair. You know, it won't be long. Well, while we was there, she started talking. When I get better, you know I hate to fly, honey. But we're going to fly so I can go see your brother. I hate that long trip to California, but I think I need to go. When you go see the girls, if you don't mind, I'm going to ride with you. Like, Mom, I don't mind. You go with me all the time. What? What are we saying? And she went on. While we was there waiting for the result, she suffered from a massive heart attack. And we never left the doctor. Three years ago, on November the 12th, I received a call from my niece that my only brother has. So when I say to you that your friendship means much to me, I do appreciate all that you do and continue to lift me up in your prayers. Because my oldest daughter is in Texas and my youngest daughter is in Georgia. So all my immediate families are first cousins. So your friendship here, I thank you, Kate Chapel, and God bless you. Bye. 
sisters and brothers, prayer is always in order. Prayer is always in order. Let us pray. Lord God, we call on you as our Father. We are your children. But Lord God, we need you. And we can't do without you. Lord, we have three who have come for prayer this morning, but we know there are others who need prayer as well. And Father God, right now, right here, we said, come into this place. And then, Lord God, we ask that you will go into the situations, regardless to what they are, Lord, intervene. Give your holy power. Lord, where they are weak, build them up. Lord God, where there is heartaches, Father, please strengthen them and let them know that you are still God and that you can do all, anything, and everything but fail. Lord God, we come as a church family wrapping our arms around these who have come, letting them know that we are here for them. Lord, we know you told us in your word that your hands are our hands. Your feet are our feet. That when they are sick, we need to do the visiting. When they are downhearted, we need to lift them up. So, Father, we say right here, right now, give us the strength to give strength to our sisters and our brothers. As we remind them that they are not alone. That when they hurt, we hurt that we love them and care about them and we lift them up to you this morning Lord and we ask that you will please as humble as we know how Lord strengthen them give them what they need for any and every situation and Lord we will forever give you the praise we will forever give you the glory we're going to thank you right now for what you will do and we ask that you would do it in the name of Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. Let us stand. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.